All right, hello everybody. Thank you for listening to Through the Garden. Today is at least February 15th, if you're listening to this. And the Chiefs are Super Bowl champions. Who wants to go first? After you. You know, yeah, you can lead it off. Uh, Look, we knew it. It's everything we said it was going to be and more. Um, Patrick Mahomes is Patrick Mahomes. He is uh, he's the greatest of right now. And he showed it. And I don't agree with what the Niners did in overtime, but apparently half of them didn't know the rules to overtime, um, which is just terrible organization. It would be Kyle Shanahan. Uh, just his, uh, his historical blunders in the Super Bowl. But here we are. What more are you going to do? Yeah, here's the thing. I can relate to the 49ers because I, too, was unaware of the rules. I knew there was a rule change. I was unaware of how it would look in the playoffs. Come to find out the 49ers were, too. Yeah. Hey, that's their job to know more than anything. Yeah. And unfortunately uh, for them, they couldn't even get into the end zone. And they were driving, and when they couldn't get into the end zone and they kicked the field goal, I was watching the Super Bowl with some friends. I turned to my friend and I just said, the Chiefs just won the Super Bowl. There was yeah. everybody on the planet Earth knew that Pat Mahomes was driving down and winning that game. Everybody. Yeah. Yeah. You hit, you hit it on the head. I mean, we've said uh, throughout the Chiefs' entire playoffs run is that the opposing teams have to be able to score touchdowns. Uh, the Bills were able to do it for three quarters. The Ravens weren't able to do it at all. Uh, 49ers weren't able to do it at all. And Patrick Mahomes does what Patrick Mahomes always does. And the thing is, too, that um, – with the with the 49ers, I agree with them taking the ball first uh, only because the defense was out there for so long before it. I get that call. Um, had the defense not been out there so long, I'd like to think that they would have gone a different way about it. Uh, but given that the defense was out there, I agree with taking the ball. I don't agree with just settling for a field goal because at that point you just got to know you either got to score a touchdown or – or Patrick Mahomes is going to win, so that should have been fourth in game for the Niners, honestly. That's the only thing that I would have done different in overtime. Well, that's interesting you say that. I think you can look at it in two ways because, yes, you have a point where like you need to get into the end zone, but if you come away with nothing, at least if you come away with a lead, it's slight chance versus practically no chance because if you come away with no points, you lost. You automatically lost. It's fair. Yeah, but I get what you're yeah. saying. I get what you're saying. I, yeah, I mean, I mean, I well, granted the field goal wasn't enough, you know, so that's almost like not getting points. But and that fourth down, man, when Patrick Mahomes, that was just a perfect play. Yeah, of just fake it yeah. and run it. I mean, and I, unstoppable. Honestly, we saw it with Brady. We're seeing it now with Mahomes. Is you have to go for the kill shot every time. Uh, the 49ers didn't do that, and uh, Mahomes uh, paid off for the Chiefs. Yeah, yeah, exactly. What are you going to do? Um, what about Purdy on the other side of things, Alex? Uh, Purdy, you know, he stayed in the game the entire time. He did everything he was supposed to do. Uh, and over time, he can't help that the that the biggest defensive lineman isn't covered, you know? Like, at, what did he do to say that he's not the guy to move forward, I guess? Yeah, he, he didn't lose that Super Bowl at all. He did not. And look... 
there were moments in the game where the 49ers, I mean, the 49ers had this. They had this since the beginning of the game. They controlled the clock. They moved the ball, even if they didn't score. But, you know, uh, Christian McCaffrey fumbled on that first drive. They were slicing and dicing and moving. And to me, the big thing was them not taking advantage of the Pat Mahomes pick. I said, if they don't take advantage of that, that is really bad news for the 49ers. But at the end of the day, I don't think it was Brock Purdy that did them in. Okay. You know, you had late in the game, the chiefs were getting pressure. They were tightening up on defense and Brock Purdy, you know, made some throws to kind of keep them going. So, you know, they didn't get in the end zone and I'm not saying he's absolved of every single bit of criticism, but he is not the sole reason they went out and lost. He's he's just not. No, I agree with that. Um, but I don't, I also don't see, other than maybe Kirk Cousins coming over in free agency, I don't see wh- where they go anywhere but have Brock Purdy being the guy going forward. And Brock Purdy is going to be a whole lot cheaper than Kirk Cousins, so you may yes. as well stick with it. Yes. Yeah, and here's the thing. like Everyone's wondering what would Brock Purdy look like if he wasn't on the 49ers. Well, that's a question we don't have to have answered because he's on the 49ers as long as he has that support around him. Uh, he's proven that he can get to the big game. He's proven that... He won't be the reason you lose the big game. He might not be. He might be the reason why you won't win. But uh, that's a different story if you're not going up against the greatest of all time. Definitely. So there you go. Um, Taylor Swift has won a Super Bowl before. We have. So be it. Uh, any early predictions for next year? Does anybody want to take a stab in the dark and say who's going to win the Super Bowl next year? Because it's not going to be the Chicago Bears. It's me, the Bills. It's finally going to be the year. Oh, that'd be fun. I'm going to repeat what I said again until they prove otherwise. Yeah. Three-peat, huh? That's I fair. mean, it, it's it's so hard to do in football, but you're seeing something historic. You're seeing something we've never seen before. Yeah. You're seeing right. quarterback play that no one has ever seen before. Yeah. No. Truly. You're right. You're right. Well, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Uh, another year of the NFL in the books, which means that the Chicago Bears are officially on the clock. Now we can sit here and talk for 30 minutes about what we're going to do um, or not. It's really up to you guys because, quite honestly, here's where I'm at is just just get me to draft night because by then I'm either going to know that Caleb Williams is a quarterback or Justin Fields is a quarterback or somebody else. Or Tyler Bate or Taylor Tyler Bajan or whoever. I don't care. Just somebody be the quarterback of this stupid team and so I can move forward with my life. I yeah. honestly think we're probably gonna get resolution much sooner, uh than draft night. Especially if it's the Bears are going to pick a quarterback with one. Uh they're probably trading fields before the start of the league year in March. Um, so at the very least, if that's the route they go, I think we get some uh, indication. I think we're already kind of getting that indication, um, but we'll get more as we get closer to the combine and the start of the new league gear. Alex, <laughs> it's like your favorite topic. Yeah, I know, I know. I mean, listen, Ryan Poles isn't going to come out and say what he's going to do. And people can slice and dice this and that. They can listen to Adam Schefter, what he has to say, or, you know, anybody else. They can, 
you know, do what people do when they look at Bible passages and they circle the numbers and they try to find what day the end of the world is going to be by connecting the dots that they find throughout. But at the end of the day, we're not going to really know. And why would the bears show their hand? Because they have all the leverage in the world, because if they go out there and people believe that they could draft Caleb Williams, well, guess what? If the Washington commanders or the New England Patriots, if he is their guy, then you want to be able to leverage a haul if that's even possible. Because, listen, you might get an offer you can't refuse for that first pick, even if you want to draft Caleb Williams. So they're not going to leak their their hand. And, you know, there, there was an interview with uh, Kevin Warren. And Kevin Warren was talking about, you know, oh, Justin Fields and saying good things about Justin Fields. And... You know, people could say, oh, well, you know, that means he's sticking around. Listen, for right now, Justin Fields is a bear. So they're not going to go out and say, yeah, well, we don't really like this guy while he's still on their team. You're just not going to do that. It takes away all the value in trade, too, if you do that. Right. So there's right. No reason right. To, there's no reason for, for them to say a word right now. Let the people you, come no. right. to you. You don't. You want people to not know. That that's the whole point. You want people to not know, so that value is high for both the pick and for Justin Fields. Yes, exactly. Right, exactly. Um, there was uh, some some fluttering uh, earlier this week about how uh, Justin Fields may be a good match in Pittsburgh, which I think we've talked about before. Um, but that's because um, we've had a death in the family. Mitch Trubisky's uh, NFL career might be in jeopardy, boys. And I and I'm sad, and I and, and and Jordan tweeted it out, and I and I tweeted back to or no or it was you Alex you tweeted it yeah, out and I said yeah and I said hear me out. <laughs> oh man, did I want to come to your house and just duct tape you to a wall when you said like, that? How about like three years, eight mil, and then we just trade away every single draft pick and we're good. I think he'll uh, he'll land somewhere. As a yeah, his yeah his career isn't done. He's shown enough that uh, with his athleticism that he can be a pretty decent backup quarterback. He's not someone you want to start, but he's someone that could come in for a four game stretch and go five hundred. Like uh, right. like backing up Caleb Williams. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's why I'm here. Stir the pot up. Stir the pot up. Everybody. Tyson Pagent comes at a premium Tyson. price. His name is Tyson. I said Taylor and Tyler. Yes, I didn't come up said, with Tyson. You said everything but his name. Everything <laughs> but his name. <laughs> Just goes to show you how much I hate hate talking about the quarterback of the Chicago Bears. We've done it way too long. Too many times. Too many times. We have. Yeah. I'm Honestly, I'm ready for resolution, whether it's trading to pick or trading fields. Uh, just uh, bring me uh, to that day. Because, yeah. honestly, people are so dug in that, like, we have uh, a local radio host, Danny Parkins, clearly doing a bet of wearing a Caleb Williams jersey. And mm-hmm. everyone and their mother are up in arms like, oh, how could you? This well, is an insult is, to uh, Justin Fields. It's like he's up in arms you just too. don't. Yeah, it's like Danny. you don't understand the bit that he's doing, and you're kind of just proving his point. Yeah. But, but, yeah, have fun with it. The other thing with Danny, too, when he was doing that is he was on the radio today, and he was kind of complaining about people coming at him a little bit. And I'm like, you threw fire on an already burning fire. Like, Oh, yeah. This You did this to yourself. You knew what you were doing when you did this. Oh, yeah. So no sympathy yeah. from me. <laughs> 
Yeah, and honestly, it's a whole take yeah. of kerosene on the fire. Right, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he just took it and ignited it. And honestly, this is why it's the whole Justin Fields versus Caleb Williams thing is exhausting. So it is. Uh, it is. Just give us to the decision, whether it's trading Fields, whether it's keeping Fields. Let's just find out what it is so we can complain about something else bears related. Amen. Amen to that. I, yeah, we'll, we'll figure it out at some point. Somebody's going to be the quarterback of the bears and we're just going to have to live with it regardless of what it is. Um, but let's stick in the league for just a second while we're talking about quarterbacks, because we have mentioned a couple names like Justin being a good trade option for somebody, but Russell Wilson is going to be out there. Allegedly, Kirk Cousins is going to be out there. There are some kind of big name quarterbacks that could be like playing in a different place next year. And that's mm-hmm. kind of a big deal. We don't really see quarterbacks move around that much, but I feel like we're going to have a lot of quarterbacks on the move this year. Yeah, it's something to watch out for, and it can really impact the market here. I mean, it's if you're looking for somewhere to potentially trade Justin Fields, if that's the route you go, then that's going to make a big impact. I mean, one of the teams that has been strongly linked to Justin Fields, not named the Steelers, have been the Falcons. It's going to be curious to see what they do. You know what would be interesting? What about Fields to the Niners if they don't believe in Purdy? In that's sh- what. In a that's what's curious. <clears throat> yeah, because I think Fields would flourish uh, in that offense, and that's what's would be the only type of move I would see the 49ers doing. Uh, you still would have Fields cheap for another season, so they could still uh, build around him, uh, and then it gives him that true multi-threat that he thought he was getting in Trey Lance which is why he traded up at the time to get Trey Lance. I think when it comes to the 49ers, that's what people kind of forget. They're like, oh, look at the 49ers. They chose to build a team around the quarterback. No, they lucked into Brock Purdy. Yeah. They did an insane trade up to get the quarterback. It just so happened that quarterback got hurt, and they had Brock Purdy waiting in the wings. So here's the thing. Let's talk about this for a second, too, because – uh, presumably Justin Fields, let's just go out there and say Bears are going to draft a quarterback. They're getting rid of Justin Fields. They're going to trade him. Let's just go ahead and say that right now. You have the Falcons in the mix. You have the Steelers in the mix. Let's throw the Niners into the mix, right? The Falcons would probably be in the in the realm of their high second-round pick, right? Yeah. If if the if the Steelers and the Niners are going to want to beat the Falcons out to get Justin Fields, the first round pick would be in the conversation because it would be late. It would be it wouldn't be as late for the Steelers, so that would be a big haul for them, but a late first round pick for the Niners who they're going to be drafting 31st, right? Would they trade the 31st pick for Justin Fields? That would be cool. I would take that. Oh, yeah. And it goes back to what Alex was saying about leverage is Pulse has to manage this to where he has multiple teams submitting bids. He can go to a team like, look, we're getting a high two from Atlanta if you want fields. If if you want fields, you have to give us that one. And if there's a team that is in love with fields enough, I have no doubt that they would. Alex, how much are you in love with uh, Brock Purdy? I mean, I'm a big Brock Purdy. I was wearing my Brock Purdy shirt during the Super Bowl, but I know that if he came to the Bears, it would just be disastrous. Because you know what I'm about to ask you. No. Uh, 
I'll give you Justin. We're Bieber. doing it again. We're doing it again. Yeah, that would We're be a hard pass. We're torturing ourselves. Yeah, that would be a hard pass. <laughs> no, because and here's the thing, like Trade right Justin. now. Wait, let me just let me just put it out there, so people. Oh, can be, no. So people can be super mad at me. You trade Justin to San Francisco for the second round pick, or we'll say the third round pick, but you get Brock Purdy too. And then you trade the first and you build around Brock Purdy. I mean, one, that would never happen. First and two, all, I, me, I, you say, know why I don't yeah. want Brock Purdy here? Because I want him to thrive in his career. I, <laughs> I don't want him to come here for his sake. That's, that's, so you don't want Caleb Williams to, to thrive? I don't want I mean, Brock Purdy here because he wouldn't be Bears, good outside Bears, of San Francisco. Okay. The whole Brock Purdy thing was a joke. The Bears are not going to trade Brock Purdy. That would be stupid. But how about this? Can the Bears run an offense without a quarterback? Like, what if we just don't have a quarterback back there? We've been doing that for 100 years. No, but I'm saying, like, we, we use, instead of all these wide receivers and stuff, why don't we just get a bunch of big guys and, like, three running backs? And then we just pound the ball. Let's, let's reverse the course of time for football and bring it back to just a ground game. Nah, I'm good. And here's the thing: like we joke about the Bears uh, not being able to develop quarterbacks, and that's true. But they've, while they haven't developed quarterbacks, they're still getting good quarterback play. Um, and th- I think that's what people are kind of forgetting about this whole. Oh, wow, the Bears are going to be doomed. No, because if it's Justin Fields and he takes a leap forward with what they bring in to support him this offseason, that should be quarterback play. If they're moving on from field to take Williams, it's because they're getting even better quarterback play. Uh, I'm not really worried about quarterback play for the Bears, whether it's Fields, whether it's um, Williams. The only way I would be worried is if they did some insane scenario where they traded down and took J.J. McCarthy. I would turn on my fandom in a heartbeat. I'm done. Yeah, I'm done at that point. This is all tongue-in-cheek, by the way, these things that I'm doing out. This is just, this shows just how miserable it is to be a Bears fan. We are going to restrain ourselves next time. Okay. Yeah, we kind of went down the rabbit hole right, with that right. one. All right, the go. rabbit hole we said we wouldn't go down. Uh, yeah, I know. Let's all right, regroup, refocus. Are we done with football? Has everybody? Has everybody? Yeah, I, I got nothing else. Right. Okay, great. Baseball tomorrow, guys. Look, I got my 2024 baseball perspectives book. Very excited. I've been flipping through it already, and I'm just so excited for the Chicago Cubs season to start because. They don't think that the Cubs are going to be that good, and they may not be, but I'm going to hold out hope that Cody Bellinger is going to come save the day, and then I'm going to hold out hope. I'm going to write a blog about this tomorrow, too. Keep an eye out for it. Uh, Michael Lorenzen should be a Chicago Cub. I could. I can be okay with Lorenzen. Somebody suggested Thor. I'm like, no, he is beyond Fry. No, 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 no. Yeah, it's funny. I I wrote about both uh, yesterday. Um, Both for what they would represent, pitching depth uh, depth for your rotation. Not bad options. Lorenzen more so than Thor. Thor is done. But here's the thing when it comes to the Cubs. The Cubs don't need rotation depth. 
they need a top of the rotation starting pitcher. If yep. Lorenzen was coming in and was the pitcher he was for the first half of last season with Detroit, that's great. But that's not likely. I, was, I wasn't um, thinking and, about him as a starter. I was thinking about him as a long reliever, middle reliever guy out of the bullpen like he did for the for the back part of Philly last year. Yeah, and that's great. But the issue is the Cubs already have plenty of guys that can do that. They have Javier Assad. They have Hayden Wisniewski. They have Caleb Killian. Oh, um, they're going to have Ben Brown. They're going to have Kate Horton. I, I agree with you, but I feel like some of those guys are going to be on their way out to some sort of trade coming. It's possible, but... Maybe Wisniewski. I, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, Wisniewski uh, potentially, but I just... For what the signings represent, I don't think that's too much of a priority for the Cubs right now. Okay. No, I agree. I mean, really, if it were up to me, I'd be trying to give money to uh, Jordan Montgomery, a legitimate top three guy. And it's just like, man, we're going to sign another four or five guy. We have a million of those. Right. That's fair. That's fair. This is. But it also makes you wonder this, though. Are they trying to go the Tampa Bay Rays approach where it's like, you know what? We just have a pitching staff. Like that's, they just have a staff. See, that's right. that's the lines that I was thinking of. I think they're they're thinking Steele is your number one, and then you go down the list. Tate uh Jameson Tyone is probably two, right? Mm-hmm. Shota yeah. Imanaga is number three. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then Kyle number four. But who's going to be – so is it going to be Jordan Wicks? Are they going to bring somebody in and knock people down? Like if Jordan Montgomery comes in, he's one or two, and then you knock everybody else oh, yeah. down, right? I feel like it's got to be it, – it, it, right now, I feel like Wicks has got to be in that rotation. Wicks is going to be in the rotation it's as of right now, Wicks, and yeah. I think that the Cubs just believe in him so much that they're going to keep him in that fifth spot, and they're going to not touch the rotation anymore. I don't think they're going to go sign a Jordan Montgomery or a Blake Snell. That history just – doesn't seem like they're going to do that. I really no. do think they are going to go to the Tampa Bay's route. Not only not only with the pitching staff, but they're going to try to do the Tampa Bay's race thing with this with this uh, roster too. They're going to go get Belly. So Belly's the big name, right? Mm-hmm. But they're going to try to make the Ian Happ thing work. They're going to make the Seiya thing work. They're going to have homegrown Pete Crow Armstrong. They're going to beat it until it's dead, right? Michael Bush, another cheap option. I need to find the numbers on this, but the salary, like the salaries being paid out by the Cubs in the next four years, just skyrockets down after this year. Like, right. Oh yeah. And so I really think they're, they're trying to build these cheap teams with homegrown guys that they can go as long as they have them under these cheap contracts, like the Rays have done because the farm system is fantastic right now. Yeah. So I think they're going to, yeah, I mean, so I think them going and signing like a Michael Renzen would be a big move for them because they feel like, okay, we have the security if Jordan Wicks doesn't figure it out. We've seen Javier Assad come into that role, obviously, but Michael Renzen just, it sounds a little nicer. It sounds nicer, but then when you look at the numbers, Assad would be nicer than well, Lorenzo. Yes, cheaper. Yeah, I agree with you. I yeah. agree with you. And uh, and, and it, to a certain extent, I do agree that they um, that Jed Hoyer does have a fascination uh, with the Rays approach. I don't think they will go as extreme as to fully 
invest into that approach. Um, at some point, the Cubs are going to have to spend money. Um, it was interesting. I have an article going tomorrow um, about the old adage of the Cubs is they can just outspend any team in the National League Central. Uh, this offseason, it hasn't been true yet. Uh, both the Cardinals and Reds have spent just over $100 million, with the Cubs coming in at just over $60 million. Now, the catch to that, though, is assuming the Cubs do sign one of the Boas four, the Cubs are going to skyrocket to the top of that list based off of the potential of that contract. Yeah, I think – I mean, I've – I'm on record saying Belly is coming to Chicago. I'm not even I'm not even worried about it anymore. Yeah, I still think it will happen. It's just kind of a matter of when. Yeah, yeah. I'm not even worried about that anymore. I'm just I I'm worried about one more bat potentially. Mm-hmm. But I and, yeah. But I am just an advocate. Like I know we got. I know like Jordan and Alex. You both have said we got the plenty of arms. But I just don't think you can have too many arms. I think we need one more, especially what I saw out of the bullpen last year down the stretch. I just want as many arms and as many capable people as possible so that doesn't Well, yeah, I don't disagree with that. My whole thing is I want more than just a depth arm. Like, I want a higher-end arm. That, that's that's kind of where oh, I'm getting I at. I would love it. Well, I would love it, but I just I just don't think they're going to do it, you know? I know. Well, I, I know. I'm, I'm with uh, you. I'm with you. Here's a spoiler for you guys. Uh, tomorrow, with the beginning of pitchers and catchers reporting, teams can officially place players on the 60-day IL. Why is that important? Because there's two potential higher-end pitchers that are free agents but won't be ready at the start of the season in Brandon Woodruff and Liam Hendricks. Namely, Liam Hendricks, who likely has ties to Chicago based off his doctors. Um, the Cubs have already talked to Liam Hendricks earlier this offseason. Wouldn't put it past the Cubs to sign one of those two pitchers before the end of the week. Sign him, Sash. You sign him. You put them immediately on the 60-day IL. You don't have to have a corresponding move. Mm-hmm. There's your second half addition. There's your potential rotation addition for 2025 if it's uh, Woodruff. I, I think they have to go after some of those guys. I really do. No. Uh, yeah, I, I agree with you. I have a quick question. Do you guys remember when Cody Hoyer is healthy and ready to go? Is it at the beginning of the year? Is he going to be ready? He's also not a cub anymore. A breaking news to me. Are you serious? <laughs> yeah. Cubs uh uh done tendered him in uh December. I missed that completely. Here I am talking, <laughs> talking him up and thinking like, oh, we're gonna see him and they just okay. All right. So that trade yeah, is just it, uh Nick Madrigal and and a dud. Yeah, okay. and it's it's really unfortunate for Cody because uh last year he, he was trying when he came up. And like before the injury, he was dealing. And that's the thing. The Cubs, yeah, when the Cubs acquired him, I think they envisioned him kind of taking over that closer role. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, uh, the Tommy John happened and then he was making his way last, but uh, making his way back last year when his elbow kind of snapped. So, yeah, uh, unfortunate end, but uh, I mean, he's still a free agent, so maybe. That is another one of these pitchers that we're talking about. The Cubs signed, but you immediately stash on the 60-day IL. I completely missed that he was non-tendered. That completely was not on my radar at all. Wow. All right. Well, credit to you guys for being on top of that. (laughs) Here I am, just an idiot with a microphone. Um, Okay, so I want to shift gears to the south side for a second. Um, Garrett Crochet, I read today, 
said that he doesn't want to come in for like more than like just an inning here and there anymore. He wants a legitimate chance at the starting at a starter role. Why wouldn't they do that right now? Like, why wouldn't they let him stretch it out and go for it? Because what do they have to lose? Yeah, like I agree. Nothing. Um, like he he has electric stuff, and he was he was fine in his like one inning role. But if the dude wants to go for a starting role, like he's un- like he's cheap. If it doesn't work, you put him back in the bullpen. You guys aren't going anywhere. You're not winning. Like why not put him out there? I think the fear is though, kind of repeating the same indecisiveness they had with Michael Kopech. Kopech came in yeah, electric yeah, yeah. as a starter. They didn't really know what to do with him, bouncing him back and forth from the bullpen to the starting rotation. And now, if you look at Kopech, he's, his career is kind of in flux because of that lack of uh, decision, uh, decision. I will say, though, Crochet is right up there with Kopech in terms of pitchers that made their major league debut and was just exciting to watch because of how lively that arm was. I oh, yeah. I'll never forget yeah. it. I personally think the Sox should have Crochet be a closer this season, especially after uh, the trade of Sosa last uh, week. But we'll see. I just, I, I don't know. It's hard to, it's, it's hard to talk. Like, what's the competitive advantage for them right here? Because they, I mean, they're just, they're just not even in a mode to care right now. And honestly, imagine if you're a Cubs fan and. It's the first week of spring training, and one of the first videos you saw is Mike Crotty on the field instructing drills. That's essentially what the White Sox had today when one of the first videos that came from their practice was Tony LaRusso right there on the field with the team. Just Yep. Just so bad. I feel so bad for them. I really do. It's just Yeah. yeah. Did he fall asleep in the video? <laughs> yeah, probably. Yeah. So hopefully next week we'll have a couple of moves to talk about, like uh, like Jordan alluded to. We are recording this, by the way. We are recording on Tuesday night because Wednesday night is Valentine's Day, uh, and uh, I cannot be here. But uh, so this will still come out on Thursday. We're recording on Tuesday. If anything big happens, we'll figure it out for Wednesday and have it out. But so if we miss oh, yeah. something. That's that's our excuse. Um, all right, let's let's keep it rolling here. Uh, NHL Connor Bedard might be back next week. That's that's all I have for hockey is Connor Bedard might be back next week. That's all that matters right now for the for, for Blackhawks and for Chicago. That's all that matters. That's and hey, I do want to shout something else really quick about the Blackhawks. I don't know if you guys noticed, but they're still like top five in average attendance this year. Yeah, people are still going yeah. out, and obviously. Connor Bedard is the main reason. Like people bought tickets to see Connor Bedard, but even so, this team is going nowhere with or without Connor Bedard. So it's kind of cool to see. Just it, it's I'm glad that the United there's there's still people going out to the United Center and yeah. watching because yeah. I remember as a kid when no one was going. I'll be there on yeah. Thursday. Uh, yeah, Anna's family is all coming in. They're from they're uh, from the Pittsburgh area. Big Penguins fans That's that right. are going out there. And I was like, ah. I was I was kind of holding out hope that he was going to be back on Thursday because we've been seeing so many videos of him on the ice. Uh, right. But I so I still haven't gotten an in-person look at him yet. Hopefully I will by the end of the year. Uh but yeah, I'll be out there Thursday. I love going to Hawks games. 
Oh, oh yeah. it's great. I oh, love it. One. Love going to Hawks games. Love hearing that horn blast. Oh yeah. And eventually we're gonna we're gonna be back. It's gonna happen. We're gonna be back. It's just gonna take a little bit of time. So Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's really that's the only hockey note that I had. I'm gonna be honest with you guys. I've like I I haven't super been watching because Bedard hasn't been on Same. the ice. <laughs> I'm, I haven't watched a single game since he's been hurt. So yeah. once Bedard is back, I will yeah. uh, find the Hawks on my TV once more. Yeah. Props to the Hawks, though, for at least forcing overtime and getting a point against the Rangers on Friday. There yeah, we go. They was... tied it with they tied it with a minute left and then lost in overtime. So I have a funny I have a funny hockey story for you guys. Um, I, this past weekend, Anna and I, we went to Minnesota. We stayed in, uh, in Rochester, Minnesota, just at like a little Airbnb, just kind of get away for the weekend. Um, and we decided since we were only like an hour and a half South, we would just drive up to Minneapolis and, and go hang out. We've never been. So we'd walk around, get a, get a feel for the local establishments. So we went to a, a brewery, hung out a little bit. And then we were driving around the city. I said, Anna, why don't you uh, why don't you check and see if the Timberwolves or the the Wild are in town? Like maybe we can see if we go to a game. Joking because this was supposed to be a hiatus away from sports for me. Um, and <laughs> she looked, and of course the Wild were at home playing her Penguins. No. And they were, <laughs> and, uh, they were honoring Mark Andre Fleury for playing his thousandth game too. I was like, oh crap, what have I got myself into? So yeah. well, at this point we have to go, right? Uh earlier in the day too, we were on our way to Minneapolis and Anna said, Do do any of those uh pro teams play in St. Paul? And I go, No, I don't think so. So flash forward, we get the tickets while we're in Minneapolis to go <laughs> see the wild play, the penguins. And we're sitting, and we park. I found parking for sixteen dollars right across the arena. I'm Ooh, like, this is there great. You go. So we got there early. We go to a bar across from the arena. We're sitting there. There's not a lot of people. I'm like, what? What? Like, so I asked the bartender. I said, hey, do you know what time the gates open for the hockey game? And she goes, the hockey game. I said, yeah, the Wild. She goes, that's in St. Paul. I'm like, yeah. Uh-oh. Oh, I had oof. never made the connection that the wild play in St. Paul. So we got to experience public transportation in Minneapolis to St. Paul, which was delightful. Uh, and we did make it to the game in plenty of time, but still a uh, little funny because I thought I was a hero for getting the tickets to Anna's favorite team. And we were in the wrong city. Whoops. So, Forever well, know that the, that the Minnesota Wild play in St. Paul, and so does the soccer team, but everybody else is in Minneapolis. Ah, uh, so there you have for it. next time. For next time, and that is your hockey update. <laughs> Woo! Also, the Wild one. So okay, what are you gonna do? Uh, anyways, anybody want to talk Bulls? Because uh, yeah, okay. I do. Go off. For all the stuff that we give the Bears and Ryan Poles about, like, what's he going to do at the quarterback position? Here's the thing. At least Ryan Poles is going to do something. We might not agree with it. We might not even like it. But he's going to do something. Go off. The Bulls have actively chosen since the start of 2022 to do nothing. How many trades, you might ask, do they have since the start of 2022? Zilch. One. Oh, and one? Do you, yeah, one. 
And do you know what AK has to say at the trade deadline when we they ask, hey, your team's kind of not looking good. How come you didn't do anything? He quotes competitiveness, that they're in this, that they can compete. What are you competing for? You're competing for a play-in tournament just to get bounced like you did last year, but the core that is not going to win anything? I mean, this front office, for all the savior AK, for all the King Mark Eversley, this front office is a joke. They had one plan. It failed once Lonzo Ball got hurt, and they have no idea how to adapt ever since. I would love for the Bulls to be good. I would love to care about the Bulls. Like, I, I want it so bad, but I just can't take another team on this roster to make me upset on a nightly basis. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm completely apathetic to them now. And as much as I love Kobe White and Io DeSumo, you know, Io DeSumo is a great game the other night. Kobe White, a guy I've always been a fan of, has really found his groove here. I don't care about the team as a whole. I really no. don't. And because it's just going to be yet another empty season like last year. You're going to win high 30s, maybe 40 games, get into a play-in tournament. And regardless if you either make it out of the playing tournament or you lose in the playing tournament, you're going absolutely nowhere in the playoffs. Say you do somehow get past the playing tournament. Okay. You're going to play Milwaukee or Boston. You're not beating them. You're, you're just fighting. Get... You don't have your best player. Your best player is out for the season and Vucevic is old. DeMar is getting old. This team doesn't mesh. Well, you can't shoot a three. You don't size up anybody. You don't rebound. It's what competitiveness winning 38 to 40 games. That's your goal. That's your bar. The bar has never been win a championship. We ate it up when like, Oh yeah, well, AK is building us a good team. Maybe we can win a playoff game, be a four seed. Never have we ever strived for a championship. Do you remember how excited we were when Vucevic got traded to us too? Like, yeah, oh, oh, I remember this the deadline. The I was so excited when the trade broke. Yeah. Big balls move. Here we go. Yeah. This is AK being aggressive. He's he's flipping the script on AK. We're exactly where we've been with AK for or uh, how, with Garpax for years. Just and stuck in the middle with no direction. Yeah. I mean, we're working on and twenty-five years of the exact same thing over and over again. With, with and they're the going ex- to do the, the same thing this summer. Yeah. They're going to re-sign an aging veteran who's bad, or not bad, but an aging veteran who's regressing into the modules. And they're going to tell us, well, Zach Levine is going to be healthy. He's going to buy in. And the audacity of this front office within the first 15 minutes last week to mention Lonzo Ball when yeah. he's making his way back from a surgery that no NBA player has come back from, but they're still pinning that as if that's a beacon of hope. It's a, it's yep. a joke. Here's yeah, what, it, no self-awareness whatsoever. Here's what they can do just to bring me back. Just call it it. Just get rid of everybody. Call it a tank. Just bring back Derrick Rose for a farewell tour while you're rebuilding the thing. I'm in. 100%. Yeah, I would be in for it. Yeah, yeah I'm down not? for that. Why not? Because I, I would rather do that and, and tear it all down than go through this every single year. Same. Same. Well, wasn't it last year? Was it Pat Bev they got post-deadline, right? Yeah. They, yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they claimed him, right? You yeah. know they're going to do it with some other middling aging veteran who was good three, four years ago. Yeah. You know they're going to do that to try to strengthen, oh, well, you know, we got to fill in. You know, we're missing Zach Levine. You know, we want to get to the play-in tournament and have a shot because they are under the delusion that they can be like the Miami Heat 
it's it truly, I think it comes down to Jerry wants to be just good enough so they can fill the United Center every night and get yeah. a little extra revenue and play in or playoffs, even though you're not going to win a playoff round. Have they considered yeah, exactly? Uh, have they considered uh, figuring out the tactics and finding the whys? <laughs> no. Just a thought. Alex hates me. All right, boys. Yes. <laughs> this is a great podcast. Um, <laughs> while uh, while Alex is naming of the thinking of the name of the podcast, let's go around the table and, and give our headlines for next week. Uh, mine is just going to be. The Cubs had better have signed Kelly Bellinger by then, by God. <laughs> and maybe, maybe, hopefully, he'll be signed by the time this this podcast gets released. Who knows? Yeah, mine is going to be Cubs make a signing, but it's going to be Liam Hendricks. Ooh. You know, I'm not going to go specific signing here, but I think it'll just be Hope Springs Eternal. We get into spring training, and the slate is wiped clean, so... Here we are having all the hope for a team that we're not really sure how good is going to be. I would also like to say if there's somebody out there that would like to sponsor the three of us going out to spring training, we are open to that. By all yeah, hundred percent down. Yes. So DM us for uh, donations. <laughs> Correct. Yes. <Yeah. laughs> Alex, what are we naming the podcast this week? Okay, so we're gonna name this one. How about Mired in Mediocrity Part D? Yep. Wow. Can you say that That's a good one, one more time? Mired in Mediocrity Part D. Okay. I love it. I took French class in middle school, so. All right. Let's, uh, oh, yeah. let's bring there we a go. French to the, to the world. Oh, by the way, the Daytona 500 is this weekend, guys. So. Oh, yeah. Look forward down. to that. Go Daytona. You know, I don't yeah. know much about racing, but I know what a big event it is, and it's always kind of fun to see who wins and see how people celebrate. There so that's know. cool. Listen to the Tandem Draft. We'll, we'll cover it. And it's funny because I lied to myself every February. I'm like, ah, oh, this is going to be a year I'm going to actually watch NASCAR. I get so excited, watch the Daytona 500, don't watch the rest of the season. Okay, but well, I'm looking forward to it nonetheless. Jordan, if you need to talk about it, you just let me know. Hey, I got you. Yeah. All right, boys. Uh, thank you, everybody, for listening. And uh, we will talk to everybody next week. Yep. See you later. Yep. <laughs>